Welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. <laughs> I'm your host, Lucas Bean. How's it going, Keith? How are you, my friend? Yo, yo, Lucas. How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Dude, Just, uh... how long has it been since we've... How long have we been doing spaces together? Think about that. Like, isn't that crazy to think like... I think it was like May of 2021. I think we've been doing spaces since. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You were the first spaces I listened to. And uh, the first person I like learned a lot from, honestly, with spaces, because uh, like maybe a couple months later, I started doing my own spaces and uh, getting into it. But yeah, man, you're kind of like my spaces mentor. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I appreciate that a lot. And dude, you have blown up, though. I don't know what you've done differently than I have. But uh, it's probably because you're like a famous MMA fighter. <laughs> it probably has something to do with that. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's more like, honestly, I uh, there's like a lot of things. But uh, <clears throat> when I first first started getting hardcore into it, uh, I just broke up with the girl I was dating. And I remember I, that. I remember that. Yeah, I just had a lot of time to really focus on it. And then I just got so obsessed. So... <clears throat> I should write a thread about all the little things I did. Or you should just tell me in this space in a minute. But I just want to say, <laughs> welcome to the stage, Keith Keith K.O. Barry, a very famous MMA fighter, has an illustrious career of just knocking people the F out. And, uh, you know, he there was a – I watched a couple of videos after I met him, like, on Twitter Spaces, and we met in real life, and I watched some videos, and I was just like, oh, my God, like – he like had some videos where he was like choking people out for like fun. Hey, let me just choke you out real quick. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't get just randomly choked out by Keith. This is good. I guess that's a good start. Keith, tell me, what did you do? What's the magic, man? Tell me the magic on Twitter real quick. And then I want to hear you like your origin story. Uh, I think with Twitter, uh, with my growth and stuff, well, number one, I buy a lot of NFTs from smaller artists and um, just kind of like everyone I could, honestly, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm a generous person and I want to like really support the community. Everyone always says that. Everyone says that so much. They say it like repeatedly. But when I was listening to you, when I was getting in back then, getting into NFTs in 2021, I was like, all right, man, uh, that's one of my things I'm going to do. Like, it's going to be my thing. I'm just going to continuously buy NFTs, support the community, buy things I like. And just like, I don't know, I got so into it. I, I kind of, I didn't really team up with certain communities, but certain communities I really liked, like the Sappy Seals. I, I started off with them. I, I did a lot of stuff with them, bought some of their NFTs and got into their little groups. And then I did that with different communities that I really liked. And Sappy Seals, just, solid move, bro. Sappy Seals, wicked solid yeah, move. Yeah, for sure. I started just jamming a lot. I just got into the culture, you know, I got into and I'm, I'm tweeting like 10 to 20 times a day, sometimes 30, you know? Yeah, so it's like, that's true. <laughs> I, I forced myself into the algorithm, you know? You did. I, you do a great job of tweeting too, dude. Like your tweets get so many interactions. Even when you were, you didn't have as many followers, you still tweeted like ridiculously, what I would say, wicked smart. You know what I mean? Like it was just really smart tweets, like really good engaging tweets. Like I couldn't help myself but engage with them. I'm like, oh man, like you're literally talking to the culture. Like you're crushing it, dude. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Well, I think it's it's like it's all it's all like part of who I am too. Like I really like weed a lot. I was in the cannabis <laughs> industry, yep. so I, I talk about that. And then uh, 
yeah, I'm really out here just like buying NFTs a lot and supporting communities. And I got into some communities in, in uh, um, Ukraine and Russia, um, different communities around there. And I, I bought a lot of their art and I, I helped like Tony and Elle and some of, some of the girls over there and really like helped to like bring them up too. There's just certain moves I did, but it helped me like helping them helped me. So that's what my whole thing was, you know, and I'm going to just buy NFTs, help people do things, be so engaging with everyone. And then, um, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, while my followers grew so fast, I believe, you know? Yeah. You definitely took advantage of the bull market too. Like that's the one thing I just, I don't, I only, my, my goal was like to tweet like two or three times a day maximum because I knew, I kind of thought I knew how the algorithm worked and it kind of did, but man, I mean, you proved me a hundred percent incorrect. There were months where, you know, January of 2022 is a great example. I look back at my metrics and I, you know, I had like reach of like 2 million social reach. And that's because I tweeted 1200 times that month. You know what I mean? Like it was uh, replying to people is such an important tactic on Twitter that it's this whole reply guy thing is very, very important. Like pick five or 10 people you want to like reply to, right? And like just keep replying to them and make sure that you comment back to people that are tweeting on your tweets. Like if you do that, oh my God, the growth is like significant. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about that later, but let's talk, let's talk about Keith Barry himself. Like what's your origin story? Like where, where'd you grow up? How'd you get to where you got in like MMA and stuff like that? And then, um, you know, I'm going to ask you about a couple of stories that really are, are amazing stories you tell. <laughs> you know, which yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah <laughs> you're funny yeah yeah what kind of my origin story uh with fighting man i was just like I, no where'd I you go to high school where'd you go to grammar school stuff like that i want to know everything about oh, okay. keith berry today yeah. right now bam hit me boom boom well i grew up in southern california i grew up in a town called marietta it's like near the wine country near temecula it's about an hour from san diego it's a nice little middle class town. Uh, my mom was a single, like, class, or a single, single mom, and um, yeah, I was just kind of rambunctious. I didn't have a dad around. I got into wrestling in high school, and um, yeah, I was just kind of like had a lot of energy and stuff. But I was, I was real shy. I actually stuttered a lot, and uh, well, I didn't stutter a lot, but sometimes when I would talk, I would stutter. So I wouldn't talk a lot, <laughs> but then I noticed like everyone likes when I fight people and like, I wasn't afraid to like get in fights when I was like in fifth grade. So that kind of just like, uh, brought a certain confidence to me. And then, uh, yeah, just high school wrestling, getting into sports. I got into MMA when I was 18 years old, I was getting in a bunch of street fights in high school. My wrestling coach was like, dude, you should just fight professionally and, you know, be a real man. He was like, if you're a real fighter, if you're like a real, you won't fight people in the street, you'll like train for it and all this stuff, you know? So I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, uh, I stopped like being such an alcoholhead and, um, I wasn't really doing much. I mean, I was just like, my friends had big mouths and they would just go to parties in my hometown and just start fights with people. And they'd be like, all right, that's it. Keith's going to get you. And, uh, <laughs> you know? So it was I would be gonna... worried if Keith was going to get me, I'd be worried at that point. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I was like, I was, I just was such a knucklehead, dumbass. But, uh, but yeah, I started off fighting and got into it. And um, when I was eighteen, I I broke the record for a king in the cage. I got like the fastest knockout in California, 
and then I ended up tying my own record and breaking, or not breaking it, but getting another six-second knockout about, <clears throat> I think, six months later. And yeah, I just did all these fights. I love fighting. I traveled across the country, fought all over, fought in Oklahoma, Mexico, all over California, um, New Mexico, Arizona. I mean, I've I've trained and traveled and uh, had a ton of fights. And uh, yeah, so fast forward to COVID and all that shit. And uh, I was tr- training for fights and preparing. And uh, I was just buying a little Dogecoin back then, just not really messing around that much with crypto. And then, um, yeah, COVID hit and stuff. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any fights and I was training and I got into the cannabis industry. And um, then I started getting on NFT Twitter more. And then I was like, shit, everyone likes weed here. I'm welcomed. And then everyone likes fighting. Everyone like maybe they don't like fighting. Maybe they don't watch it. They're like they were they like a fighter to be in the mix. You know, there's a lot of artists and then all of a sudden are crypto people and stuff. And then I'd be like this random fighter. So it. um yeah, I think that was good for my my brand too. Just accidentally, it's just like what I've done. I didn't think you know, crypto people would like fighters. You know, I didn't know that. Um, Everybody likes fighters, but, I think, right? Everybody does. Yeah. That was my next question, by the way. Is have you ever run into like a group of people or just people in general that are like, oh, you're a fighter? Oh, like you? Like because I come from a. I come from a town where like, you know, fighting is like very much looked down upon. Um, like if you fight, then you don't have anything. You know what I mean? Like this is, I know it sounds really lame because, you know, wrestling and fighting and like jujitsu and all that stuff is a big part of your life. And uh, for me, it was always like, hey, if you can't use your words and you have to like resort to like pugilism or fighting, then you're, you're not, you're not going to make it in a way. That's basically what I was taught. Have you ever run into people that are like, oh, get it out of here. You're a fighter. Ugh. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure like really? just being in california there's just a lot of like rich areas and rich people and um you know i'm like i'm ghetto at heart you know I, there's not a lot i'm a simple guy you know there's not a lot that i like but uh i like good food but like yeah yeah like i've got i've run into some people that don't like fighters and they're like what the fuck they just yeah. think i'm a dumbass they, they always have this Everyone wants to make this. This is like the low blow that everyone loves to give me. I've probably heard this like a thousand fucking times from random people. They'll be like, oh, it's okay. You get hit in the head a lot. It's okay. What? I'll be like, bro, that's I'm so, you're dumbass. That's like, so messed up, dude. I can't believe people <laughs> say that to you. People always say that shit. But uh, yeah, I do. I have got hit in the head a lot. But I, I, you know, usually I'm having a normal conversation with somebody. And then like, like I won't remember something. I'm like, oh, I don't remember that. And it's like totally random. They're like, oh, yeah, I got hit in the head a lot. Fuck off. What the hell? That's such an underhanded like compliment. And it's like, oh, yeah, you don't remember. Don't worry about it, dude. I got you. It's like I actually have talked to you a lot of times and like hung out with you a bunch, dude. You're definitely one of the smarter, smarter guys I know. So and that's, you know, I've, I've hung around with like really, really smart people before. So you're on the level, bro. Yeah. So don't worry about it. I think that. I don't know. Smart is like a rude word for me, but I think like for myself, just focusing and uh, disciplining my mind, I think like I'm smart in certain ways in my own self. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of, I'm, I don't know, like a ton of knowledge, but like there's things that I've gone through in my life that I've used those lessons to, you know, help me grow to the next step in my life instead of, you know, maybe pursuing something that doesn't serve me that just, is going to make me worse or make me a, a, you know, 
not progressing as a person. So I think that's something that I really like honed in on. But I'm older now. I'm like 35. I started fighting when I was 18. So I feel like when you get a little older, you start just like realizing some stuff and some you get some knowledge. Honestly, you get some wisdom. And as long as you're taking that in the right way and uh, doing the right thing. So, yeah, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. When did you uh, when do you think you like? Do you do you do you like fighting? Would you like to be? I mean, are you still professionally fighting right now, or fighting is like it's a weird thing for me. Like I really do like it, but I I, I do get scared. You know, it's a scary thing. You have to go in the cage and you know fight some guy in front of all these people, and uh, it's a yeah, it's a it's a thing. But it's like then there's another part of me if I don't do it and I don't train and I I don't live that type of lifestyle then I get kind of depressed. And uh, yeah, so it's just best for me to fight, especially now that I'm, um, I'm pretty strong and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have any big injuries or anything. There's really nothing wrong with me. So there's really no reason why I shouldn't fight this year. I think I'm going to fight and then I'm going to give my whole purse to charity. I'm going to do something fun. And, um, but uh, there's no pressure, you know, cause uh, I have a little money in the bank. I'm not, I'm not like hurting for nothing. So I could, you know, train, get in shape and take a fight and then win or lose doesn't matter. Sometimes when you're, you're grinding, you're a fighter. I mean, you get paid 5,000 to fight, 5,000 to win for some fights. So literally it's a difference between, wow. you know, paying your bills and then starving for the next fight or paying your bills and having some food for the next fight between, you know, five grand and 10 grand. Um, that's like at the, the mid level shows. Uh, but yeah. So I think now for me, fighting is like, I, I love it more, maybe. <laughs> um, I really respect people, you know, suffering with people in the gym, you know, women, men, all these people in, in Tulum that I've been suffering with in the gym when it's so hot, training for two or three hours, you know, sweating, blood, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, something like that, like having the compassion to do that is like, I don't know, just really gets me going. It's like, I don't know. And there's nothing, there's no feeling in the world like getting your hand raised when you've trained really hard for a fight. And winning that fight, you get your hand raised, it's like the biggest high. There might be so many scary moments before then, so many things you have to grow, go through. and uh, But yeah, it's worth it. Because, I mean, there's no other way. You can't get any drug to inject that feeling into you. You have to fucking put in the work, you know, go through the time, go through those experiences, win that fight, and then boom. It's just, it's incredible. So, yeah, it's an addiction. I'm just an addictive-ass motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, that's great yeah. though, dude. You know what? The thing is like, you know what you need to stay centered. And there's a lot of people out there that are like you, like Mr. Beast, for example, is a great, a, a very good example. He's like, I am depressed. He literally said this on video. I am crazy depressed when I'm not making videos. So I just make videos all the time. Like, it's just like fighting for you. You know what I mean? Like you need to be in, in class. You need to be, you know what I mean? Doing jujitsu. You need to be doing these things, you know, like that are always like fight centric and there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's, I mean, think about it. People have made like amazing careers off of like fighting and then like advising and fighting. And I could actually see you being like a, a, an announcer at like some of these ultimate fighting competitions. You need to be like, I could see you just being there behind one of those mics, smoking a doobie and like, you know, basically calling the shots because I mean, you've got the experience, right? Do you ever think about doing that? You know what I've been really looking into is cut man. Because when I was younger, I wanted to become a nurse. Like I was, I went to college to become a nurse, and I got stabbed when I was fifteen. Um, some Whoa. Mexicans jumped me. Yeah, what? I was like after a party, 
in, in Temecula, California. And uh, these Mexican guys, they threw a bottle in my car. And then I was trying to be all tough. I had all my friends in the car. I got out and I was like, who threw that bottle? And they're like, we did, obviously. They're like right in front of me. <laughs> so then I, like all my friends were saying, no, they have knives. They have knives. And uh, I didn't hear them. I just was like, I had so much adrenaline. I just started like swinging on these guys and um, just sloppy, you know, high school fighting. them. And um, I just remember, I think they were like literally trying to stab me. One got me in the arm. One got me in the back. And then... Uh, Wow, dude. I think the one guy just ran away because he saw all this blood and he got scared and ran. And the other guy, I was like on top of him punching him. And I just remember feeling all this water. And then I was like, holy shit, this isn't water. There's blood everywhere. How did he get all this blood? I thought it was his blood. Right. And then I realized like I was like pretty stabbed up. But anyways, <clears throat> fast forward, uh, a nurse operated on me and like sewed me up. And he, he was like this buff, cool guy telling me about traveling and training and all this stuff. He was into martial arts as well. He's like, oh, you should be a nurse. And I kind of thought that was my thing. So now I'm like, you know what? I want to be a cut man for fights. So it's like you're obviously not a nurse, but you're like helping the fighters, something I'm really passionate about, you know, fighters. I've been through that life, so I know where they're at, you know. And then I'm in the action of the fight. I can just still watch the fight. So it's pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, you're like still in the mix. I got to get a little better at wrapping hands because all the cut mans you got to wrap a bunch of hands right. and then um yeah and then if someone gets cut you take care of the cuts and all that which is yeah it's the closest thing to nursing that i actually really want to do so i gotta ask you because i'm, I'm assuming <laughs> other people will want to know this too what's it like to be stabbed <laughs> like how do you feel after you get like i did you even feel getting stabbed were you just like no no i didn't like i felt the one in the back because it was just like hit my ribs so it was like it was damn, a shorter blade. yeah so I, I just thought it was like someone damn got me with a good body shot and it felt like a real stinging um the one on my arm it like really fucked my arm up and uh i didn't even feel it it was just like so quick i think and uh i just all this blood everywhere i was like holy shit my friends uh, took me to the hospital that was only a couple of miles away like rushing there and we have this picture of my car and it was just like, it looked like someone died for sure. Like, but it was yeah, like, I believe yeah. it did. That's crazy. Like I, I can't imagine too many people have that experience of like getting stabbed. I've, I've heard about it, um, about getting stabbed, but I've definitely never, uh, I, I, I wouldn't know what it's like. And I don't think many people in the audience would know what it's like. I do. You know, Tim, you know, Tim cook. Do you remember Tim cook? He actually got, yeah. he got shot in the leg when he was younger. With like a nine millimeter, isn't that crazy? There's a lot yeah. of a lot of there's yeah. a lot of a lot of walking wounded, man. I you guys have like some very interesting lives. I I had I never got even close to stabbed, um, <laughs> or shot or anything like that. So man, it's crazy that, and that like led to you going wow, like the person that was like sewing you up, like it made you think like this is a, this is a good opportunity for me to like help other people. Like this guy's helping me right now. Yeah, pretty much, like, it kind of goes back to, like, my mom's real sweet, my grandma's real sweet, my grandma's from Hawaii, um, they're just, like, nice, my grandpa's a total asshole, but, like, the ladies <laughs> in my family are just really sweet and stuff, so I feel like I kind of, like, got that from them, just growing up with them, and they were always very generous and always wanted to, like, you know, help out the homeless and all that, and so I definitely got that from them, and, um, 
Yeah. Like, not that I'm like doing everyone a fucking favor by buying their NFTs, but some NFTs I'm like, all right, this guy hasn't got a sale. You know, he's trying hard, but like, he's not there yet. Maybe I'll give him a sale and then hopefully he'll give get more sales, which has happened like so many times. Usually if I buy in a public space and then it's a pretty affordable NFT and they have no sales, they'll get like four more sales, which is like exciting and fun for them. So it kind of goes back to that. Like, I don't know. I like to like, help people out and try to like uplift people and makes me feel good it's honestly addicting so i feel the yeah. same way man i feel the same way we i used to host uh lots of those spaces the one of one artist you know picture picture art and stuff like that and we would definitely buy it. i think the first nft on twitter was actually bought in my space like back all the way back in like may like nf uh nft millionaire do you remember that guy he actually yeah yeah a boss actually bought I remember him buying the, like this first piece of art in the space and it was crazy. Like the person reacted crazy. And then I had like 37 requests of speaking because they all thought a boss was going to buy <laughs> an NFT millionaire was going to buy all their pieces. And uh, you know, it created a trend and that's how a boss grew too. He was like, basically he became a one-on-one artist supporter and they all just started following him. Cause they were like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to pay me. So that's an interesting scenario. And I like that you guys like help because I actually think, you know, supporting one of one artists is the reason why I even got into this space. You know, like I had a friend that was trying to sell art and, uh, you know, he couldn't sell it in real life and he brought it onto the blockchain. I had no confidence he was going to sell it, by the way. I was completely like, dude, you can't sell this stuff in real life. You're going to sell it like on blockchain. Like, I don't know if that's going to work out for you, man. And, uh, and this guy has hundreds of thousands of followers at the time on Twitter and on Instagram. And he did. It worked. He sold out. So, dude, it, it's it's crazy because once you start thinking you know what the NFT space is like, like up is down, left is right, you know, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Um, if you know that quote, then you're, you're, you're legit. It's Ghostbusters. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. And I know you're down... Um, you're down in Mexico right now. How's that? How's that treating you? Honestly, it's uh, it's very humbling, and I'm really loving it. I'm really enjoying my time, trying to be in the moment. And you know, I've been training a lot, training Muay Thai down here. I have like my coach and some people down here, and uh, the people here are just so nice and sweet. And everyone's, you know, Buenos dias, que pasa, que tal, you know, all these just. Uh, nice people every day. I'm trying to, trying to just soak it all in, you know, and, uh, training hard. These guys train hard here in Tulum, Mexico, uh, some really hardcore core Muay Thai guys. So Muay Thai is like, uh, I think they call it, the the fighting with uh, nine points or something. Cause you got your elbows, your knees, your feet, your hands, your head, some, some, some of them do headbutts, but I'm not really into the headbutts, but anyways, yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it down here. I'm going to go kayaking tomorrow and like um, do some cenotes and do some touristy stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been training every single day, 730 in the morning, training again at night. And uh, my body is dead. But you know what? I'm strong. Like I'm not no injuries. I'm just sore. You know, it's just like just normal pain. So I'm like, wow, I'm like, you know, I'm going through all this training and I'm fine. So it means that I should keep going. <laughs> and uh yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, there's no doubt you should keep going. So cenotes, are those like those pits or caves down there in uh, K 
Cancun? Is that what the, those are? Yeah, I believe they're like sinkholes. They're like yeah. sinkholes, and then like there's like a cave, and then like go swimming them, and like looks pretty cool. It's definitely a cool picture. Yeah, definitely check it out. So I'll give you a little history of like cenotes, and this is how I don't know if you know how they they were created, but back when the dinosaurs all died, um, when the uh, Chichilu, I think it's called Chichilu, uh, asteroid hit. That's what created that these naturally occurring sinkholes. When that thing hit, it actually destroyed like the uh, all of the rock formations in that area, and it just created like a whole bunch of like sinkholes. Um, and they just keep they just keep naturally occurring, and because of that giant like dinosaur killing asteroid. So it's an interesting thing I I learned probably within the last twelve months. Good times, right? So are you gonna go check out yeah. some like local like pyramid things that are there you know like the uh you know is there any aztecian pyramids you want to go check out yeah yeah there's these uh pyramids i actually did that last time i was here i was here like a month and a half ago i was training and uh, i did that last time but i'll probably do it again uh everyone the muay thai team like goes and does all this fun stuff on the weekends so by fun stuff i mean which is cool they're like they're almost all like buddhists like no alcohol no debauchery no bullshit they read, they train hard, they eat clean, go to the beach, they have a good time. You know, I might smoke a little weed. Well, I smoke a lot of weed. So I'm smoking <laughs> as much, like anything I can get my hands on, I'm fucking smoking. But I'm uh, I'm not touching alcohol. I'm going to, you know, I kind of took a, a pack to myself, you know, to, I've been drinking a lot the last year, you know, going to all these fun NFT parties and uh, meeting new people. It's been a lot of fun, but I put on some weight and alcohol is not good for any type of training physically. So I've definitely cut that out. I'm feeling just fresh and great. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I highly recommend if you don't like drinking and I don't like, I honestly have never really liked drinking. So I think I drank twice in the last like five months and the both times were with NFT people. Go figure. Um, one was with you, uh, you and Brad Keith, uh, Keith, and then Mariana down below there. So like it was a couple of days of NFTLA debauchery and I was just like, okay, I'm done with this stuff again. <laughs> I took four months off, drank now I'm taking another, <laughs> I'm just going to stop drinking. It's so much better when you don't drink. I don't know. That's my opinion at least. I like it. No, it really is. But sometimes it's hard because it's like when you go to these NFT events, you haven't met a lot of people in person. So it's like, I'm. I don't know if I smoke too much. I'm just like kind of quiet and like shaking my head. At least if I drink, I'm kind of meeting people and, you know, mingling more. So that was kind of my reason why I was drinking, but it's a bad reason. I'm going back to just staying clean. I shaved my head too. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw dude. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, dude, is he going to be like a Shaolin monk down there? Like what's going on? Yeah. Yep. I pretty much. It, I'm just monking it out. <laughs> Dude, what, I, what I've learned to do at these events is I get one glass of scotch with like a ton of ice in it, and then I just let that ice melt, and I just kind of nurse that fucking thing all night and never never have to get hammered, hammered, because then you just feel like shit. Yeah, I don't like the hangover. I also like the, uh, I like the idea of just like walking around with soda water and with a lime on it, and then everybody thinks I'm drinking like vodka or something. I just like stay with that. And never, I almost like never drink anymore. So it's pretty amazing. I think it, it changes your life when you quit drinking in a good, in a good way. Like I said, I don't even, I never really drank heavily anyway. So it was easy for me. Like the, the entire pandemic, I think I quit drinking for like a year and a half just because I just didn't need to drink. 
it's tough though, because there's like a lot of social situations where people like expect you to drink, right? They like put a shot in front of you and then they're like, Hey, why aren't you drinking the shot? I just bought you. And you're like, I didn't ask for it. So how about you do the shot? <laughs> how do you say no, Keith? How do you just say no? I used to just lie to people and just lie to their face. I said, oh, actually, I'm allergic. I get, <laughs> I, there's, I'm allergic to the, the hops and the beer. And then they'd be like, oh, what about vodka? Oh, yeah, it's made with like a certain enzyme. It upsets my stomach. I'll throw up, like projectile. Like, oh, shit, we don't want that. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to stick with uh, my weed. And they're like, okay, cool. So I love that, dude. That's really smart. I'm a fan. I'm gonna. I am now gonna be allergic to alcohol. Oh man, can't drink it, man. It's like bad for my health. I think, I think we really are allergic to it. I don't no, we are. It's like we are a little dude. poison, but it's fun. Yeah, alcohol is definitely poison. I learned that a long time ago. Where it's like that's why it's. You ever see that that little post where it's like pick your poison, and it shows like booze and the other things. Like it's definitely poison. It's not good for you. Actually, when you get drunk, you're actually poisoning yourself. So you get drunk. So it's interesting. I don't know why we do it, but man, it's the only socially acceptable. I mean, obviously weed's coming around, you know, a bunch of people are like, you know, now everything weed is acceptable, but before man, the only socially acceptable piece was, was drinking. So that's what I did. I mean, we just, we just drank like we want to go party. Let's drink. So good times. So what's next for you, my man? What's, what's 2023 looking for? Uh, are you looking forward to something or is there something you're going to be doing this, this, uh, this year? Not really. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go to some more NFT events. I still might go to New York. I'm kind of on the fence. And uh, Same, bro. Same. I'm yeah. on the fence with that, too. I'm literally, I will tell people I'm allergic. And uh, <laughs> they're like, you're not allergic? I'm like, I don't care what you say. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody's going to pressure you, bro. They're just be like, if that guy like hits me, it's over with, so. <laughs> these are nft people i don't believe they're they're fighting yeah. fighting people but i don't want to like be like that you know of course like, I'm just, like i love artists and i don't want to do anything i would never hurt anyone ever and i've never threatened anyone nothing unless somebody like ran up to me and started like trying to fight me then i'm like i'm gonna fight them but like i'd never start fights especially like online about anything it doesn't matter what people say to me. I'll never try to fight them because of something they said to me online or something. It really doesn't matter to me, you know. I'm just a happy fucking Buddhist, and I like to fight people that also are fighters because it doesn't feel good to, like, beat up somebody that knows nothing. I mean, what's the fun in that? I mean, that's like – that's a bully, right? That's just a bully. Well, unless you're defending someone, right? If yeah. someone's, like, going to start a fight with one of your homies, you're going to be you're gonna be like, hey. Sure. Well, I was going to say – how many people have actually ever come up and been like, I'm just going to fight you, bro. Like that seems like a horrible idea. They don't know, but they don't know Keith. The problem is like, it's not like Keith is like, you know, like no offense, Keith. You're just not, I mean, you're not Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around like with muscles, like, like, you know, cause he's doing like crazy steroids. You're not, you're not like walking around with like these, you're not like looking around Jack. Like I could see someone like starting a fight with you, but I could see them losing very quickly. <laughs> really quickly it would be the worst no. mistake ever <laughs> it was so random like probably like three weeks ago i was at a park in huntington beach and we were doing like an nft photo shoot with my friend sean we were doing this photo shoot and there was all these like 20 year old kids like 
with their bikes, like talking shit to the model and saying all this stuff. And we just kind of were ignoring them. And then they're like, oh, can we get her Instagram? And then we're like, yeah, here's the Instagram. Go away. And then like <laughs> 30 minutes later, I was walking to the bathroom. I was like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom, guys. It was probably like maybe like a quarter mile away from the shoot. So I had to walk to this bathroom. And then uh, this kid, this white kid with a skateboard and this other kid with the skateboard, they run up on me. And I thought it was a joke. Like he ran into me. I, like what, what? He like tried to tackle me, but I just what? pushed his head. And I was like, "Wait, what's happening right now?" I didn't understand what was happening. And then, and they put their hands up, and they're like, "What's up?" And they said the N word. They're like, "What's up? What's up?" And they kept saying the N word to me. Like I'm like, "Bro, you guys are white. You guys are pieces of shit." Like what the? I was just so like <laughs> thrown off, and I had to go to the bathroom pretty bad. So I was like, "Hey guys, like." get the hell away from me and the kid rose up his skateboard like he's gonna hit me with it and then i got kind of serious i was like bro if you hit me with that skateboard i'm gonna beat the shit out of you for real like for real for real <laughs> and then he literally put the skateboard down got scared other kid tried to come up and like i don't even know what he was trying to do and i was just like i don't even know what was going on. i got kind of mad honestly i lost my temper i grabbed the kid and i tried to like tell him like hey bro you don't tell people that you don't talk to people like that you don't know me you know who i am and i grabbed him by the throat and then like i grabbed him too hard and just passed the fuck out like a <laughs> fucking hamster and i was like oh my god i can't even like touch this kid <laughs> did he faint he... he fainted and then he hit the, his head and stuff it was it was crazy i'm and sorry then... that's a lot he fainted yeah he fainted and then his friends were like you killed him what did you do to him? and i was like i didn't do anything to him i like literally he just i acted like i didn't even touch him like he just fainted he's just like scared <laughs> yeah it was and then i stayed at the park because i was like okay like whatever what am i gonna do leave i'm i'm here for a photo shoot this kid tried to fight me i'm just chilling and uh then he comes up with all his friends and they're like they wouldn't come up to me. They like were going around us and like yelling from like hundred feet away. It was really weird. And then the cops show up and the cops are like, what happened? We heard you. <laughs> he just were, you, you were, you were involved in an altercation. And I was like, no, these kids tried to jump me in the bat near the bathroom. And I just like, and I mean, I'm, they're not actual kids. I mean, they were probably in their twenties. I don't know how old they were. They were young, way younger than me. Um, but I don't know. It was just like trippy. And these, two female cops interviewed me and they're like, okay, yeah, we're sorry about that. We're sorry. Like, <laughs> they're awesome. like, yeah, he, he's, he's been in trouble here a lot. He's been drinking all day. I'm like, he's been drinking all day. Then why are you guys even talking to me? Like get away from me. But yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. So things do happen. People like just come up to people. I, I probably like, I was in a bunch of like, I don't know, dress clothes that day. So maybe I just looked, like they could just whoop my ass. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, actually skaters. Think, They're like, oh, we could take this guy. He's not even a skateboarder. I don't know. I, I actually think that people that might look like they can fight probably get more shit than the people who, who don't. You know what I mean? Like, I almost feel like there's always these people that want to like test. You know what I mean? Like test you if you can, if they can like work you up and get you upset at you, get it, get them, get you upset so that you want to fight. And then they like run away because they just say, oh, we got you. I could see that, man. I don't know why. I think they probably, I think people probably messed with like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these people that they thought were like jacked and could fight just because they can mess with them. I think, uh, I think Arnold is a, it's a good example of like a guy that people get messed with a lot, but man, I wouldn't mess with Keith. Like I wouldn't mess with anybody though. Like what's the, I don't understand why anybody would mess with people. I guess it's like a kid thing, but 
even when I was a kid, I didn't mess with, I did not mess with anybody. I was just like, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go about my way. And if someone gets in, like, if someone tries to come at me, I'm just gonna like have a conversation and see like what's, what's messing with them in their lives. Cause it's usually, you know, they're usually dealing with some kind of like crazy shit that's going on in their life. And they're taken down on you. So, you know, if you can talk your way out of it, that's the way to do it. Uh, I used to have to, I got into a lot of fights when I was younger because I was never a big kid. And so people would talk shit and try to, you know, pick me out of the group because I was clearly the easiest target. And, you know, my dad, you know, taught me to fight when I was young. So it was just like, yeah, just immediately just like go in, go full blown and like, they'll leave you alone. And I was like, oh shit. All right. That lasted until I was probably about like, yeah, 18 or 19. And then people just kind of stopped fucking around with me, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a it's a strange scenario. I, all I can say is I I think I had it made a little bit just because I was tall, so people just, just didn't mess with me. But there were definitely some that did. I just uh, you know you're able to talk your way out of it, and usually if you get into get into like a verbal altercation, someone wants to fight you, you can usually usually talk your way out of it. I would say just because they like I said they're dealing with some shit and they're trying to like prove themselves or look tough for like their friends, and then if you can like isolate them away from the crowd. You can have a better, deeper conversation. Be like, hey, what is really going on here, dude? Like, why do you want to fight? Like, it's really strange that you want to, like, resort to violence. Like, there's just no reason to resort to violence. Unless you're getting paid for it. Like, Keith. Yeah. yeah. I think that, when you're an adult, for sure. Yeah. I, like, if you guys look up this guy, Sean Strickland, uh, I grew up with him. And I coached him his first couple fights. And i just been around guys like him a long time. And. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I do really care about people. And if I just randomly seen somebody get hurt, I would do what I can to help. And there's all, all kinds of things I think that as a good person, I do. But then, like, there's another part of me, too, that, like, I'm just kind of bloodthirsty. Like, I don't know. If people start shit sometimes. I just, I'm like, fuck it. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't know. I've really calmed down. But um, there still is, like, I don't know. If it's, like, something that I feel like there's a couple guys and they were, like, talking shit, I feel like I could get pretty mad. Because if it's just one person, I'll usually will just ignore people, obviously. But uh, if there's a couple people and I feel like, you know, I feel a little threatened, then I just get a little bloodthirsty. I just want to fucking bash heads in, you know. But I don't think that's the right thing ever to do. I think that, you know, I don't know what it is. I think some people have a little bloodthirst in them. And I just... My friend Sean has it way more than I do, and um, he's like that all the time. So it's just it is what it is. But yeah, I'm a Buddhist now. I just trying <laughs> to respect people. It's all about love. It's all love. You gotta. You just gotta own who you are, though. At the same time, like that's cool if you're a Buddhist now, man. I think I respect that. But uh, you know, like I, I think uh, you should also just embrace who you are. Like if it's uh, someone who's oh, like yeah. really good at fighting and stuff like that, like what you but obviously are. <clears throat> Like, just embrace no, it. I, yeah, I feel like I have a healthy relationship with violence. You know, I feel like I I, I don't want to do the best thing for people, and I don't want to, like, be that guy, right? So, no, but I'm, like, Buddhism is, it, it makes me, like, a better fighter because I'm more strict, no alcohol, no bullshit, just, like, you know, focused on your training. And um, I don't know. If I had all the money in the fucking world, if I had billions of dollars, I'd just train a bunch. And I would just like travel and go to Thailand and I'd go to different places in the, places in the world and practice different martial arts. And uh, yeah. I mean, you could, do, I, do. I mean, theoretically, you could do that now, right? 
that's what I'm doing right now. I'm yeah. in Tulum. Yeah, you're yeah. in Tulum, and then you could you could actually just travel around the world, going to places, and you know, learning all these like new tactics and fighting, and like you know, like like literally fighting with other people and yeah. learning their learning their moves. I would recommend, like, I don't know if you know about anything about Shaolin, but like Shaolin's like a would be an interesting place for you to visit for sure. Yeah, what I've noticed about, like, I've trained a lot of different martial arts, and the thing that's funny is, like, every every martial art that I go to, I'm a little awkward in the beginning, and then I'll kind of get it going, but um, then I'll find, like, my, my niche. But with MMA, it's, like, it's a little bit of everything, so I can kind of just make my own style a little bit, so I feel like that's why. And then and me as a person, I feel like MMA like mixed martial arts, UFC, Bellator, all that type of fighting. It's the ultimate form of fighting. It's like you could do anything. You obviously you can't like fish hook and, you know, hitting the balls in the back of the head, all these like, you know, cowardly moves, but you could do anything in a fair fight. It's a fair, you know, competition, mono e mono. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that translates to every, culture in the world every culture in the world had to have some type of you know martial art or military or something or they would just get dominated yeah like over the generation they would have to have some type of you know you know aggressive sport or not even aggressive sport but you you know what i'm trying to say like a a military tactical sport or uh, military in general but um, the greece you know back in the day philosophy all started in greece and all that and the stoics and the they wrestled and they fought and they, uh, they had like something similar to MMA and then Russia, dude, Russians, some of the most brutal fighters in the world. They're so ruthless. They're such good technique. They just train and they don't, they, oh man, they're just, I've trained with some Russians and they're just, I trained with these Russians for months and these guys literally all would they would only say hello to me. We'd train the whole time. They'd say goodbye to me. And we literally said like 10 words to each other over months because they're just like, they don't care. They just want to train. They don't go out after to do anything after training. They just get to it. But Yeah, they just, they all they do is sleep and then train. They just eat, they live, eat, breathe, like training, like fighting basically. And then they move on. They don't really have extracurricular activities like you do. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you want to go to the beach. You want to, you know, hang out and smoke weed and all that other stuff like which is by the way that's fun times i'm assuming right and those guys just don't do that they just live eat breathe that stuff i've been there before when it comes to business i've never trained so hard like you're talking about like i mean i've definitely done you know plenty of sports in my life but i've never just like lived eat breathed like soccer or rowing crew or basketball or anything like that it was just I always had that extracurricular, like you did, like you do, Keith, like balance. The Russians do not. Like, they do the same thing with chess. You know what I mean? Like, those guys are fanatical about these things. And that's all. And they get in trouble if they're not. I mean, if they aren't, like, top, 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 like, performance, or at least, like, top, 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 trying to be the best, they just get removed and they're off to work in Siberia or, like, some crazy place because they just are... You know, they know they're going to get cut really quickly if they're not taking it serious. So it's like, it's a cultural thing that doesn't allow them to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I think that's what it is. And I'm not really sure, but I wonder. Yeah, I've got a quick, I've got a question for you, Keith, with, uh, with all of your training and the different kind of martial arts, like, cause something I've always found fascinating is I, I don't know exactly what, 
form of martial arts it is, but the, um, you know, essentially it surrounds the focusing of like energy and being able to like harness, you know, energy and things like that. And have you ever experienced any of that or, or trained with any of these guys that, I mean, like, you know, apparently like, yeah, can just like punch through a whole stack of cinder blocks and they just fucking explode because of their focus and you know, how they're transferring that energy. Like, have you fucked with that dude? I think that has some value in it because like when you're imagining like Mike Tyson used to imagine him like breaking people's ribs when he was punching and then he would break a lot of people's ribs. Uh, it's kind of like an imagining thing, but I've seen those videos and I, I've actually seen them in person and uh, I'm skeptical. I a, I'm a little skeptical yeah, of those because they yeah, like break, they like cut the wood a little bit. They cut, you know what yeah, I mean? Like they do that stuff. There's some things. Yeah, but I mean, in general, that like form of there's um, it's Tai Chi, right? They have like a it's a slower movement and concentrating your energy. I think there is something to it, but um, you know, you put one of those the best in the world at that, and you just put me in the me in the cage, and I'm not even the best in the world. I'm like mid, and I'll fucking whoop their ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it it's just not even if they're my same size or bigger than me, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't think it transfers over to like, you know, competition fighting, but, um, you know, I've seen some random like street fight videos and the guys are saying something and blah, blah, blah. There's like the guy that looks a little drunk though. And then randomly they'll do this like one inch punch and the guy's knocked out, you know, but, um, yeah, certain situations I think could be useful, but I think the energy work and like the thoughts of it and the meditative process of like focusing, I think that is um that's good very yeah. bruce lee of you dude the one inch punch that's a very bruce lee quite who is your who are your um like if you had a fighter that you look up to like as, as an inspiration like who are your inspirations when you're you know coming up as a fighter <clears throat> number one mike tyson number oh. one yeah so i literally recently just got to smoke i weed know that's what i was getting to i love it i love it tell yeah, us about that, was... that my man tell us about that how was that yeah wow man that was like because i really don't like fan over a lot of people like famous people like i'm a, i'm a fan of like matt damon and like you know all these like big actors or whatever but it's like not the same yeah. thing as like a fighter yeah leo leo's <laughs> fucking badass like i even like ryan gosling because he plays some weird weird roles and cool little like on the outskirts movies but um but yeah like mike was like I don't know. He's a living legend for me. And I was just so thankful that my friend introduced me to him, hung out there all day. Right when I got there, he's like, Oh, I want to meet him. I heard him say that. And then he's like, Keith, come here. And like said my name. I was like, what the fuck? And uh, we just talked about fighting a little bit and like shot it up a little for a couple minutes. And then I just smoked weed and hung out and watched his podcast. And then during the break, me and him smoked some weed together. And uh, yeah, it's just like, like, this is life. And I met him from NFT. So this was an NFT guy that introduced me to Mike because he's the manager of Mike Tyson. Nice. And he has a, yeah, his name's Frenchy actually culture cards. That's his project. He's a really cool guy. Um, but yeah, I just so, so grateful for him. And I just really appreciate it. Cause it's like, Holy shit, man, who gets to do that? And then I even got some pictures and video to go with it. Be like, Oh, you smoke weed with Mike Tyson. That's cool. I'm like, yeah, I got a video. I want to see it. Like, what? Yeah, (laughs) dude, that's not just cool. That's epic. Like, he's one of the best boxers of all time, if not the best boxers of all time. Like, that guy was 
I mean, dude, they have a video game called Mike Tyson's Punch Out for a reason. Like this guy was no joke. Like that was ama- that's amazing that you could get to like hang out with him. I was gonna literally that was my next question is like how'd you meet him? You already answered it. And that's that's ridiculously cool. Do you think you um do you think you have any like ambition to be like a I know you want to be like a person that like, you know, uh you know, cut guy and stuff like that you were saying. Do you have any ambition to like do like announcing for like the MMA or do you have any um anything to do with like maybe even starting like a like a podcast, like video podcast like those guys do? Because that would be I could see you crushing that, dude. Yeah, I don't really have anything thinking about anything like that. I've done some color commentary for like different organizations with boxing and MMA, which is fun too. But the Cutman thing is a little bit more like in the scene, a little grimy and getting dirty, get my hands dirty. So I think I'm a little more into the the Cutman scene. Nice. And yeah, yeah. But I, you know, it's just fun to be around the sport of either boxing, MMA, Muay Thai, any of these combat sports. I just, I love the vibes. Love to be around other people working hard on what they love in life. They made a lot of sacrifices to probably be where they're at. And, um, you know, there's a lot of soft people in the world. And some of these people that go through, they're not soft. They're just, they're, they're mentally tough and hard and they're, you know, physically hard, you know, right up, dude. Yeah. Keith, could you explain what a, what a cut man is to anyone in the crowd might be listening? Yeah. He, he, he already did earlier, but like, yeah, if you want to explain it again, you can just tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Cut man. They just like between rounds, if you get cut, they will help like put an inswell and Vaseline, stop the bleeding and help you with that. They also wrap hands and do like a little pre-check on your hands before making sure your hands are healthy and wrap your hands and all that. And um, yeah, what else do they do? That's it. They like wipe the sword like off a, you. Like a, a medic type role then. Yeah, okay. like a little like fight medic. It's kind of fun, you know, and if something happens like with uh, they need to be taken to the really to the medics then you have to escort them and go with them if you're that's your fighter for the night so it's it's cool you go through an experience with a a fighter that you don't know and you get to go through that and then you know be there for him and i think that's really rewarding and fun and just that's amazing that's actually a really that's a really good spot to uh also stay in the mix of things so that's, you know, keeps you like right on the floor with them. Like you said, like gritty and grimy in a, in a good way though. Cause you're there like helping them and you know, you have the experience they don't, you know what I mean? Like you have all this experience that you can like pass on and be like, Hey, you know what? Like do this and do that. You just like throw them some advice real quick. You know, when they're not, you know, the, the coach isn't paying attention, but like, yeah, man, you should just like undercut him. And he's done. I had, I smoked weed with Mike Tyson. No big deal. Talk to me, man. <laughs> so, yeah. you, what what other drugs have you done, my man? What other what, what's like? What are you a proponent? <laughs> let me tell you. What are you a proponent of? Like, are you are you a proponent of obviously of weed? I mean, that's very medicinal. What about like microdosing and stuff like that, like shrooms? I know there's so much talk about this, and they're like decriminalizing shrooms right now too. Um, and you've heard Canada like literally decriminalized all drugs. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but it's literally every drug on the planet is literally decriminalized in Canada. You can do crazy stuff up there. Um, I actually think that's a very smart thing to do. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it just like takes out the, I don't know, 
there's like something when people were like, oh, you shouldn't do this. And then people want to do it. And then now they're like, oh, everyone could do it. A lot more people aren't going to abuse it. I think they've found studies like in other countries in Europe where they've, you know, let it everything be legal and then people don't abuse the drugs as much. So I think that might be actually beneficial for or beneficial for Canada. So, yeah, Yeah, I agree with that that 100 percent. I I think I'm real into psychedelics of all kinds. I I like LSD. I like uh, mushrooms. And I, I'm a fan of DMT, but I've never tried it myself. I'm actually afraid. You're but afraid of D- You're afraid of DMT? Yeah. Holy cow. I never thought I would ever hear something that you were afraid of like that. <laughs> it, it, what is, what is, D- is DMT that stuff that like makes you like puke and then like see like spirits and stuff? Um, I've heard different things from different people, but basically you go to like another world and you talk to some, some aliens and they, Oh, it is that drug then. Yeah. The one that Joe Rogan talks about all the time. Yeah. No, that's ayahuasca. I think Joe Rogan's constantly talking about, I've done DMT twice. It's, uh, it's, it's wild. It's quick. It's like a short. Yeah. It's quick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've, so both times I've done it, I've uh, smoked it, right. That's like, put it on like a, a bowl, some weed, you know, and, uh, hit it and, uh, you hold it for pretty much like as long as you can. And, uh, while you're holding it, essentially, it's kind of like if if you've ever done any other like psychedelics, um, almost like when you're at like peak tripping and you're on that verge of like, I can still control this with my mind, but like I sort of can't. Um, it's like a really intense like 10, 15 minutes of that, like times a thousand. Um, a lot of fractals I saw, you know, I, mine was very like kind of visual. Um, it was almost like a lot of different kind of like fractals and tunnel type vision. Um, and then you kind of just like snap out of it. It's, it's a crazy experience. It, it feels like, I mean, yeah, Keith, you know, like, like whenever you get like, if you've ever been knocked out and it's like, Oh my God, how long was I out for? And like, I don't know, like fucking 10 seconds. And you're like, Oh shit. It felt like I just like slept an entire night. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of like that when you come to after the DMT wears off, you're just like holy shit, like, how many hours was I just, like, tripping face? And they're like, I don't know, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. We gotta, it's wild. Yeah. But DMT is a, is, it's a chemical that's actually naturally produced by the body. Um, and it's what happens is, like, when you're on the brink of death, um, your body naturally as, like, a last, like, last reserve, like, oh, shit, we need to stay alive, we'll do uh, a DMT dump. Um, and that's usually what people experience when they say, like, you know, like, you know, oh, I died on the operating table and saw like a, a bright light and all this stuff. And it's like, usually that's caused by the body's natural DMT dump. And so by taking DMT, you're kind of like, like way less amount than your body naturally will dump. But when you smoke it, like that's, that's essentially the, the experience. Interesting. Yeah. I'd, I, I'm, I'd say stay away from it too. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. Sounds, not, not sounds a like a not, not a recommendation. Not a fun. Uh, sounds like a, not a fun. You know, not a fun no, thing. No, what, no, definitely know what you're getting yourself into. I don't advocate for it, but you know, I mean, I also advocate that you know, a lot of things are worth trying at least once so that you have an experience. Yeah, I don't know. I think I could skip some experiences. That's for sure. There's definitely things I'm not just gonna try for the experience. <laughs> so yeah, pass on that one. So what other, what other, 
so you've you've uh um, so you've tried uh, you've tried lsd like what was that what was that like dude i think uh that stuff scares the shit out of me by the way so yeah i think it's just the way people portray it like acid it sounds crazy right yeah people take but it's it's actually pretty dangerous because (laughs) yeah a small amount of it can be very very potent and then like the dosing on it is just crazy if it was like given to you at a legal dose it should just be legal and they should just like prescribe it to certain people because it could really help with like a lot of psychological issues at lower doses and i think i think it's great actually i i was scared of it too before and then i i wasn't after i it was more like one of those things like wow you survived you would like go through this thing this whole trip and then you're like oh thank god i survived that you weren't ever gonna die but in your head you know the mind is fucking powerful and i didn't realize you know drugs made me realize how powerful your mind is and uh yeah i never thought you could hallucinate either i was like oh yeah that's just like what's something people say like you can't really like see shit and then like i was dead wrong about that Holy shit. I can imagine, dude. Like, I, I was scared as a kid by my parents. They were like, yeah, never do never do acid. And here's why. My dad, like, told me this horror story where he was, like, in high school. And, like, someone dosed some kid sitting at a lunch table. And he didn't know. And he, like, put it on his burger or something. And he ate the burger. And the guy's, like, still needs, like, he's still under supervised care since he was in high school because of him, like, having like a crazy trip off of like, you know, acid, someone, you know, dosing him. He's never been the same. So. Yeah. That's like the worst thing people have done. That's, that's like a big thing. That's like, no one really talks about that, but it's like really fucked up. If someone doses you because people have done that to a lot of people over the years. And then I've just heard so many different random stories. I'm talking about like the CIA dosed people Yeah, and they would, they would overdose people and then they would fuck them up because this acid is so strong that it this one girl I know I went to high school with somebody tried to basically like rape her. They tried to dose her and like take advantage of her, but they dosed her and then she just went crazy. And uh, it was hard for her to come out of it. She, she forgot her name. She was a normal good girl. Like she was a good person. And then someone dosed her. She forgot her name. She, all these things happened to her. She was almost like at a weird vegetative state. And then, randomly she just came out of it it was like a miracle she came out of it but she says like randomly she'll see tracers like in the mornings she'll just see tracers like little dots and little like weird things uh when she wakes up but then it goes away and that's all that she has but i mean that's permanent damage yeah uh, that is pretty yeah so i i would i wouldn't say fuck around with anything but weed and then if you're like a psychonaut somebody that just wants to try things and go through that then yeah you know do your research yeah i would stay i would i highly recommend out of a medical setting staying away from like street anything like buying stuff off the street and like doing it i don't know man that's just me but i guess that story was kind of accurate because they did the cia did do stuff studies the ultra program where they were trying to like mind control people and like one of their major scientists like like fell out of a window like a six-story window or so they say, fell out of a window. Um, I'm pretty sure they just like chucked them. But that's a conspiracy theory for another time. Um, 
Man, that's crazy. That dude, that's crazy stuff. I don't know. I don't think I could actually. I don't think I could actually um, ever t- take that stuff because you know they always say you have to be in like a perfect spot with like one of your friends that's gonna like shepherd you through the experience to make sure you don't have like this bad experience because it could like last forever and like completely ruin your life. Um, the first time I did ask that I was with my ex and she was somebody I really trusted at the time. I still trust her now. I mean, not, not like she's a horrible person. She's a good person, but yeah, at the moment I was like, yeah, let's do it. And we did it together. And she was really sweet. We like looked after each other. We, we separated, we were in her house, you know, cause you get weird on acid. So at certain points we kind of like would separate and kind of meditate or go into these other rooms. And we did like a hike a little bit, but, um, but yeah, that was actually like a really pleasant experience. I usually don't like to do psychedelics with anyone but myself because it just puts you in such a weird state. But if there's someone that you really trust a lot and it's something you're afraid of trying, but maybe you'd feel better trying around somebody, I'd definitely recommend that. Right. Because right. It, yeah, it brings you so much more like security and uh, just like peace of mind, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely second that. Some, at least somebody that has done it before is experienced you know tripping if you are going to take any psychedelics because yeah like you it's uh sometimes it's more of an emotional roller coaster than it is just like a of having fun visualizing things like that and uh it's important to have somebody that understands kind of where you're at in your perspective because they've been there before and they can kind of help talk you through some things or you know if you know, you're like, oh shit, like I need to drink water. What? You know, how do I get water? And somebody that's there could be like, yo, here's, here's some water, you idiot, you know, like, and help you out. I'm going to go and hard pass on that. If I need that much help for like taking some kind of thing, like I'm just going to hard pass, hard pass. Um, so you, uh, obviously you've taken, you've taken mushrooms before Keith, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, mushrooms are actually what I'm the most bullish about. Like weed, obviously, but mushrooms, I think they're just, especially at like a low microdose, so just, they're like happy, like happy, they just make you happy and they clean up your, sometimes your your thoughts and like your conditioning, the way you have like certain things that you think about or maybe preconceived judgments about people or life or a lot of things. So I think mushrooms are way more I've never heard of anyone taking too much mushrooms and being real fucked up for life. I don't think it's like that. Acid is more man-made. It's like highly concentrated. It was like, you know, extracted from like the nature. So it's different than like just a mushroom that grows out of the ground that you're going to eat. Cause I mean, I took 15 grams one time and I like feel like that. Actually, Holy shit, dude. Yeah. That's a lot. A lot. So and wait, let me ask control. you about that. Hold on. Let me ask you about that. Let me, let me, let me break this down. Let me break this down. Like it's uh, you know, it's something here. So how much is a heroic dose? Like what is like, cause I've heard the term heroic dose before and I don't even know like what that means. I mean, I probably could Google it. Right. Or ask chat GPT. Hey man, what's a heroic dose? But uh, what is a heroic dose considered? Do you know, like, is it a gram, half a gram? Like, no, I would say, um, no, I would not say this is what they say. They say that a heroic dose is like seven to eight grams. Okay. Yeah. So, so you basically took double that. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a big <laughs> ego thing. And I knew that too. I knew what a heroic dose was. And I was like, all right, well, me and my friend did it. We're like, all right, we could do 15 grams. Let's just, let's just see. Where were let's you see. when this happened? Like you were with your friend. Was it high school? Was it after high school? Like, what, <clears throat> tell, Give me, you set the scene for us. Okay. 
this is 2015. Uh, I was fighting actively in Bellator. I was like feeling myself, feeling great. Took mushrooms before this, like a smaller dose, and just had like a great trip and just like really peaceful. It was a nice thing. But this time I had got even stronger mushrooms and I told my friend, I literally, I was like, bro, I got like 28 grams. Do you want to split it? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, we'll take this over weeks. So I was like, no, let's do it all. Let's just see. Oh my God. And then he was like, all right, yeah, I'm down. I have a lot of experience. I'll be fine. I was like, all right. So, <clears throat> so here's the story. We, we go to this hike in Orange County, and um, it's probably like 7 or 8 in the morning. Get up to this hike. We eat them in the car right before the hike. They're big mushrooms, so they were like, they were gross. Like, <laughs> do they smell? Just, like, do those things smell? Like, do they have like an odor to them or something? Or? Yeah, they have like a putrid taste. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's like they're just weird. They smell. They're all dried out, and they they had like a bunch of blue all over the stems, and I didn't understand what the blue was. And all this blue, and they were like they're called blue meanies mixed with uh, golden teachers. There were probably about three grams of golden teachers, and probably about five grams of blue meanies like probably the split was and yeah we ate them and started hiking probably about 45 minutes under the hike i'm like this isn't like real this stuff <laughs> i got some bad mushrooms obviously it's not working i haven't felt anything and then literally when i said that it was just crazy right when i said that i looked up at the the sky and the sky like cracked <laughs> It's hard to explain. It just like had cracks in it. I saw it crack in front of me. And then after it cracked, the lights of like everything around me changed. And it felt like I was in a Western movie. And the, it was really weird. It's hard to even understand. I don't even know how I felt this. And I'm like, what's happening? And it was just because these mushrooms are fucking strong. And I was like, like thinking, what's going on? So anyways, um, five minutes go by, my friend thinks like he's going to die. And he thinks like there's this demon following us. And I'm like, bro, no, there's no one. I start laughing because there's, I think people go one way. They're either really happy and everything's funny or they go like dark. So he went right. dark and uh, I kind of was staying away from him, honestly, because I was having a good trip and I was happy. But then at a certain point, <clears throat> I looked at my hand. And it was like a dinosaur hand. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, what is happening? And then I looked back and I had a shadow of a tail. And I just, oh, I have a, oh, I have a fucking tail. And then like right when I realized I had a tail, in my heart, I thought I was this certain type of dinosaur. And I thought that, <laughs> that I took too many mushrooms and literally convinced myself in my head that I'm an actual physical dinosaur. And I thought I got my heart dropped and I had so much adrenaline because I thought, what the fuck am I going to do for work? What am I going to tell my mom? <laughs> like, I was dating. Work? <laughs> like, I didn't know, like my whole life, I thought my whole life was over. I thought I'm a loser. I'm going to be this weird looking dinosaur my whole life. I took too many mushrooms. No one's going to believe me. And, uh, I just started panicking and it was crazy. And I was having all these thoughts and then I kept looking at my hand. It was a dinosaur. I kept shaking my tail. I'm like watching the shadow and I'm feeling my face. It feels like a dinosaur. I'm like, oh my God. So then I started just calling myself. I go, all right, whatever. I guess I could panhandle. I could, you know, 
I could probably find some type of work. Obviously, I'm a dinosaur. I, I'm looking <laughs> like a fucking like I I was just like oh, it was so crazy. And and before this, like think about it. Before this, I didn't think that you could hallucinate. I thought that was like a fake thing. And then like an hour later, I think I'm a literal dinosaur in my head. And it was just like mind blowing how powerful like these mushrooms were. But once I started like calming myself down and like, all right, well, I'm going to panhandle. I'm going to somehow I'm going to try to tell my mom, like, look, it's me. I could take all these tests. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I swear. I know everything about me. I promise it's me. I don't look like me. But <laughs> so once I like calmed myself down, I looked at my hand and it like literally went away, like instantly almost when I calmed myself down and started like, and you're like thank god accepting. I'm, not, I'm not a dinosaur thank goodness i'm not a dinosaur right but it all goes back to acceptance like it's a funny story and i but in the moment it was scary and i was like holy shit but once i accepted it that's a lot of things in life a lot of people fight against things that like this is a fact this has happened accept it that's it and people don't want to accept things that are reality and then they cause all kinds of problems around it but in real life, it was like happening right in front of me. So it was just like, I don't know. I, I was. Where I was, were you going like, to panhandle though, dude? Like, where were you going to work as a dinosaur? Anywhere. <laughs> I thought like Orange County, obviously. There's a lot of people <laughs> Orange <fun>. County, obviously. <laughs> I was already living in Orange County. So I was like, oh, I already knew where all, where all the bums like panhandled that. I was like, oh, I'll make a killing over here. <laughs> you used to be a roadside attraction. Yeah. So. But uh, it was like, it was, it was really insane. And I, after that, I, I got a, my friend thought he's going to die. So we had our friends pick us up from the hike. And then they took me back to, um, to my house. And my girlfriend at the time, like, showed up. And um, I just, like, broke up with her. I told her, look, like, I'm wasting your time. Like, this is not working out. Like, I've wanted to do this for, like, a month. It just, like, took away all these like things in my life and i just like all these things i think i sold the car that i had i just did all this crazy stuff after that that trip because it just made me realize like clarity you know, don't yeah it was so much clarity and then just don't lie to yourself and accept things if something's the way it is so and the girl got so mad at me and she was like you're a drug addict you're all this stuff you're a loser you're gonna be like all i don't know she just had all these insults and i said hey i'm sorry you feel that way you know best of luck i know like yeah so she cried and threw all this stuff at me anyways literally a couple months later she got married and she had another kid with this guy and she's been like happy ever after with this guy so basically i'm like good luck chuck and i hooked her up and she should thank me and i haven't got any thank you message <laughs> no thank you no i've literally got nothing but i feel like i did her the best favor i didn't waste her time and then now she found the love of her life and they had more kids. That's amazing, so. dude. That's a great story right there. Like you got, that's an, that's interesting that you said, like you got so much clarity from this stuff. Cause that really proves the point that it actually does work the way it's supposed to work where there's so many doctors trying to help people with like PTSD and all sorts of like hard decisions and hard things that have happened to them, like traumatic things. And it like helps with like the deepest deepest depression issues it's like people take microdosing and it all of a sudden it just like cures them of this stuff that like the regular western medicine doesn't and uh i think it's i think it's critical to know that like most 
psychiatrists slash psychologists don't even know why um, SSRI like drugs work. They honestly have no idea why they just know it works. So they just give it to people. Right. So it stops them from feeling at all where shrooms I've heard, at least I've done research on it. Like it literally stops these thoughts and then goes to what you just said, like this acceptance, this radical kind of like acceptance of it all. I think that's super interesting. I'm a huge proponent for for mushrooms. Maybe not 15 grams. That's that's a, an insane amount to eat. But I mean, like, I really do think. I mean, I I try to make sure that you know. I mean, look beyond microdosing um, regularly. You know, I always try to once a year to really kind of like eat enough to have an experience. You know, usually it's about about an eighth, three and a half grams. You know, is is definitely enough. You know, and I highly recommend at least once a year, you know, it's not something that you should be doing every fucking day or even necessarily every weekend, you know, depending on your tolerance and things like that. But like, I really think that it, it is so beneficial for mental health. And I and I mean, it might be a, a crazy thought, maybe that, you know, because I've, I've had it, you know, on, on these different um, experiences and different mushrooms, like, I, I really believe that it kind of repairs some synapses and some different kind of communication things that happen in your brain, you know, and it's kind of like, it just straightens out the pipes. You know, if you think about it, like, you know, your, your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions run through all these pipes, you know, that are all twisted and gnarled up inside your brain and mushrooms. Realistically, I think it, it can straighten some of those out and kind of make your brain more efficient when it comes to handling your thoughts and your emotions. So, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. Comment. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, I actually am in the, there was someone, I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they're like, yeah, we'll totally do it together. We'll go to the beach and just like chill for like six hours, however long it takes. And like, you can just like have some, I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Like, let's try it. Let's give it a whirl. I was all in, but man, I really need someone to like literally commit to babysitting, <laughs> to babysitting because I have no idea how that's going to jack me up. Like, I honestly don't, I can tell you right now. I took some of those, uh, like a Keith already knows, like I took some of his, his edible stuff that he gave me and man, oh my God. I, uh, I accidentally was like, I was literally trying to be like super scientific about it too. I was like, oh, I'm going to take some of this, like this, uh, one of the, you know, one of those little vials you gave me like a hundred milligram vials. Like I tried to pour a little bit of those like tinctures into like a spoon, trying to measure it like real scientifically, like a little tiny bit here, take it a little tiny bit here. And I started doing that. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't think I took enough. And by the time I was done taking it in like the 60 seconds of like putting it into like a spoon, I didn't, I realized, Oh my God, I just took 40 milligrams. And I don't do drugs, right? So for me, that was like, as soon as that stuff hit, it was lights out for Luke. Like I could not even focus on my phone at all. I couldn't read the text. I have to like hold it really far away to read it. <laughs> and then I, like, when I was typing, I was writing things and I'm like, oh my God, did I already, like I literally was just, I could not function. I just was completely functionless. That edible stuff is crazy powerful. So shrooms, I can't even imagine like, have you, Keith, do you, what's the difference to you? Like between shrooms and like edible stuff that you guys, if you, that you've taken. Honestly, I think, um, edibles can be worse with weed sometimes because I've gone through some things. Oh, that's right. That time you grabbed that bot. Remember that time that you told me that you grabbed that vial of stuff? 
or that bottle yeah. liquid crystal tell but tell us about that real quick oh man so, <laughs> i uh liquid diamonds so I, I think right <laughs> yeah i worked at this cannabis distribution facility it was in palm springs a huge facility like you know high class big you know professional commercial kitchen you know all some best physicists when it comes not physicists fucking chemistry guys when it comes to like you know the cannabis industry and stuff and this guy was like yeah here's this he was wearing gloves to like pick up this bowl his name's uh, dj he's a friend and uh, he's like yeah man don't want to touch this i know you like to get high but this shit can fuck he was telling me all these stories and i was like oh no i don't think it's that bad and uh it was probably like noon. I was at work. And I was working for this company and uh, I grabbed it from him and I like put it on the table. I just grabbed it for like maybe a couple seconds and then put it on the table. But all the residue that touched my hands uh, goes in your goes in your skin. And uh, it's almost like fenlon, but like for weed. So then um, probably like 30 minutes later, pretty quickly, I was like, holy shit, I am fucking way too high. I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm going, like, guys, I'm going home. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, it's all good. And you go home, take the day off. So I get in my car. I'm like, oh, I might be too high to drive. But I'm like, oh, I'm already in my car. It's going to take too long to ask somebody. I'm getting higher at the moment. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to drive. So I drove home. It was like a video game. I drove, like, really carefully, you know, as much as I could. And... By the time I got to my place, I was like a fucking vegetable, like the guy, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio that took all the quaaludes in that movie. I was like him. <laughs> I couldn't hardly get out of my car. I I didn't think weed could really fuck you up that much. I, I couldn't move my, ah, it was just so hard to get to my door. And I probably looked like such a weirdo. I actually army crawled to my door because at a certain point... <laughs> I fell, I kept falling, and I thought I was going to hurt my legs. Uh, so I was just like, all right, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm, I'm an idiot. I have to crawl. And this was like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Think about it. So, like, <laughs> it's pretty brutal, you know? And, uh, yeah, I got, get into my house. I ended up just passing out on my floor once I closed the door because, like, I couldn't even make it to my bed. I was too messed up. And um, I really didn't even sleep. I was kind of like in this weird trance where I kept thinking I was going to die. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. Like, this is how it ends for me. And I don't know why that was like, and I know that you just, when you take too much edibles with weed, you just like, just what the thought everyone has. They think they're going to die. I'm not really sure why. Um, I can vouch for that, by the way. I felt the same way. I'm like, oh my God, this is never, I was like, this is never going to end. I'm going to yeah, be high never, for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's like, this is awful. Never, it's never going to end. Yeah, you wish it's never going to end. Some guys that are stoners. Uh, no, no, it, it's definitely going to end. But at the time, you just think. So I had a roommate at the time and he came he came home at like five or six. I was still passed out and he was thinking about calling the ambulance cause he couldn't wake me up, uh, but I was still <laughs> breathing, but he, I was just there. But I remember him touching me and I was trying to, trying to tell him, leave me alone. I'm awake, but I just can't move, but I couldn't talk. So like, bro, like that liquid diamonds was like the craziest. And I don't even know how much milligrams I took. Who knows? 
I don't know, like a copious say, amount, dude. A copious, <laughs> clearly a copious amount. Shit was serious. I honestly don't even know how much I took either. Like I said, it was like around forty milligrams. And dude, I have to admit, I I was same around around the same time you did it. I did too because it was like midday, like one o'clock on a regular day. And then I just by the time two p.m. came around, I was like, oh my god, I am done. And I remember like every minute that went by felt like an hour. I was like, why is this taking so long? Why is this day taking so long? I just tried to like fall asleep and pass out on it. Dude, I wasn't like sober from that stuff until like eight o'clock in the morning the next day. I just kept like waking up, Matt. Like (laughs) it was crazy, dude. I I actually, now that you said that, I kind of want to like go to the, the shroom side and just give it a, give that stuff a whirl and see what it does. Cause I'm, I'm open to the experience. The thing is, like I said, like having someone like shepherd me through that experience would be the, I think the critical piece because uh, you know, who knows like what thought processes I would get into. I honestly don't know. Cause I definitely felt that way. Like you just said, where you're like, Oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. or It's going to be forever. You know, like <laughs> I was like trying yeah. to settle into it. And I'm like, I don't think I can settle into this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. No, like, if I were going to give you some, some mushrooms, I would, I have some, uh, I have some in my house that are just really chill and they're just really happy. I actually forgot what type they are, but they're like, I've just been like slowly using them over the, over time. I just know they're just, they're safe. They're happy. I just almost want to call them the happy mushrooms. They're some type of psilocybin, but I would just like maybe even one gram, maybe even a half a gram for you. And just in the morning, go to the beach, like, 8 9 a.m walk for like an hour to walk and then you you'll slowly find things to do and just like have a <laughs> day that things to do. <laughs> yeah like i mean just like there's like an adult man flowers. like digging in like the sand <laughs> with the like clothes they're like what is this guy what's this weirdo it's doing therapy, on the beach? <laughs> bro it's, it's good for you because like if you take a day just to clear and like have an intention like maybe there's something you want to work out in your head about something going on in your life that you want to Maybe there's something that you want to, I don't know, whatever intent or goal that you have, you want to focus on, you should do that and just take a small amount. And then, um, yeah, you'll see just, it's such a mood uplifter and it just cleans your mind. And like, maybe there's something that you've been kind of like lying to yourself about, or like, I don't know, you know, but yeah, I'm in dude. How do I get these things? It'll like tell you, they almost talk to you. They, they tell you in your (laughs) own voice in your head in a, in a different way. And then you're like, wow, is it, are the mushrooms talking or is that myself talking to myself? It's really interesting, but, but yeah, yeah, I got them. I I'll, I'll give them to you when I get back. I'm get, I'll get back from Tulum in like a week or two. And I, I'll, um, we should just do something together and walk yeah, on the bro, beach. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down, man. Really I am totally down. We should, we'll go to Redondo beach. Cause it's like, you could walk all over that place. Right. I totally agree, dude. I'm down, man. I'm down to I'm down to give it a whirl, and uh, you could totally like leave me where wherever you want to. I don't honestly really don't care. Like at that point, I'll probably be you know be a little bit a little a little weary. There's a Redondo Beach is tough though because it's a little you know it's a little there's some people that are going to be a little suspect out there. So yeah, yeah. But if we're going to take a very small amount, we're going to just be happy and. Uh... We're not going to be like tripping balls. <laughs> like, there yeah. you go. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. I honestly don't want to get like crazy on those things yet, obviously. Cause I, d- I definitely want to see like how they, how they are. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious because 
because people have like scared me my whole life, right? My parents, you know what I mean? Like my family, everybody was just like, oh, stay away, stay away, evil, evil, evil. And it's like, I don't really think that's the case. I honestly don't think a lot of this evilness that people say is like legit. So I, I definitely want to give it a whirl because I, I definitely feel like there are some things like, I mean, we all have things, right? Let's be honest. We all have things we need to work out. We all have things from our past, our present, and the things that we're concerned about for the future that we should, you know, if things can like work out better with this kind of a thing, I'd love to see if it actually works, right? So definitely have no problem giving that a whirl. And plus, you're good people, dude. I would just like hang out with you anyway without shrooms. Um, so yeah, man, we gotta, we gotta definitely make that happen. I gotta, I got a sick place, to, to do it on too. I got a really nice patio area. We can just be like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Like it's actually crazy. The beach is the best place. Yeah. That's what I'm saying like, right here. It's like, right. So literally I live what? 300 yards, 400 yards from the beach. So let's yeah, go. Perfect. So, yeah, man. Let's do it. Tripping in the woods is fun too, man. Like going for like a nice like hike, like through the woods and the trees and stuff, dude. It's it's a it's a wild experience. That scares me though, because there's like animals that'll eat you, like in the woods. And if you like walk the wrong wrong path, you get lost in the woods because you're like doing drugs, and all of a sudden you're like in the woods, and some bear's like, "Hey, I'm really hungry, and I just woke up. Look at that snack right there. He's a snack pack. Snack pack." Yeah, but you're on the beach. You're not. You're not walking in the ocean. You're walking on the beach, dude. Like sharks aren't gonna jump onto the beach and like, all right, got you now. These are the questions. (laughs) These are the topics I need to get on board with. Yo, hell yeah. Who the hell's talking right now? Who is talking right now? Oh, it's not bad. Hey, uh, if you guys could raise your hands, that'd be dope. I appreciate that, man. But yeah, I agree with you. By the way, I agree with you. Like these are these are the topics we gotta we gotta talk about this stuff. This is the interesting things in this space that goes unheard and or like goes unspoken. We're just like talking about trading NFTs and stuff like that all day long, rather than like stuff that really matters in life. Like NFTs aren't, I mean, don't get me wrong. They are life, but they aren't life outside of the internet. I mean, got a question for you, Lucas. Yeah, go for it, my man. All right. So just last night I was speaking with Draco. Um, uh, Draco okay. Malfoy. No, no, Soldier Boy, Draco. Oh, the artist. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We were Word talking, up. and um, I'm going to do his his second release on um, OpenSea with uh, NFTs. I'm going to do the artwork for him, and he, but then I'm going to meet also meet up with him in New York next week. It was last minute, dude. Like I can't believe I'm going to New York next week, but I am. So he, let's nice. go, right? Yeah, but man, uh, nice, dude. Hard question though, Soldier Boy. He obviously smokes pot. I like the smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, of course. All right. Like I've never I smoked. Bring... I've never smoked yet though. So I don't never know. Sm- you're like my brother. Like I got a contact. I'm no, no, I'm down. I'm down it. to smoke, but the only people I'm down to smoke with right now is I either I'm going to smoke with Keith or I'm going to smoke right. with Snoop. And I had a chance to smoke with Snoop and I, I kind of like flaked on it. So I'm going to oh, smoke. Fuck. Keith's my guy. Like I would say Keith's probably a better option. Cause like Snoop, everybody wants to smoke with him. So you don't know what germs are in that saliva. So <laughs> I'm more worried about the, like the, the level of weed he has is just like nah, on another level. I'm worried about like herpes and shit. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm worried about. Like, anyway, what, was, you, what was your question? Yeah, that you no, were yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, no, we, yeah, like, we, we get distracted and that's all good. But should I, should I bring the joint or should I let soldier boy smoke me up? 
You should definitely not bring it. I heard a story where he he he, he should so let him bring it because he uh, I heard he held somebody up for fifteen thousand dollars worth of weed once. So like, don't bring your weed. Make him bring it so you can't he can't hold you up for like, give me that uh, weed. Well, guns are like they're uh, like it's like a felony in New York, right? Like, it didn't stop. It doesn't stop him, dude. Come on, man. It's oh, Soldier Boy. He's a Soldier Boy. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what, I heard that. You know, like, By the way, I heard. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you. I don't. I don't. I don't even know if that story is real, bro. So someone said it. Someone said it, and then he's like, "Yo, man, that guy still owes me fifteen thousand for that weed." (laughs) And I'm like, "Okay, whatever, dude." (laughs) Now that it's legal, though, I can't imagine it being that expensive anymore because it's New York. So, anyway, yeah, um, I think you should let him bring it. He probably has the best stuff uh, around. What? What is this? Whatever. Oh, whatever, man. What a great. What a great username, dude. Whatever, man. What's up? Oh, that's a dope username. Yo, what's going on, guys? Whatever, um, man. Whatever, <laughs> man. Yo, the funny thing about that name is, is either sometimes people like butcher the name because they don't read the whole thing and they just say what, and that triggers me to a point where I'm like, hey, I'm gonna correct you. So it's whatever, man. Or they'll just come up and say, hey, whatever, man, and then I'll I'll say, yeah, whatever, man. And it's just like whatever, man. Seconds of people saying whatever, man. Whatever, <laughs> so, man. Whatever, man. It sounds like me with my name. But what's up, brother? Whatever, yeah. man. What's up? What's what? up, whatever, man? Yeah, you have a question? Uh, no, never, never a question. Usually just hot takes. Uh, sometimes cold ones. Um, it is what it is. But I do like these conversations that are typically just wholesome. Sometimes about absolutely nothing. I get tired of. Uh, you know, conversations that are always about the same circle jerks and and mm-hmm. NFT stuff like you this, know. like this, like this. So we got the NFT project, guys, that we're going to be uh, minting now, <laughs> actually, and we only have only have nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine left. They have already bought one, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't mint now, right now, you may not get your chance. We need you to like, retweet the space, tag fucking three thousand of your friends, and if you. Don't I literally just like retweeted my own space and I'm in, dude. I'm minting whatever you got right now. <laughs> All right, let's keep that's going. That's what it sounds like. Is it not, though? Like, that's the pitches they give, bro. It is. You, it is. you, forgot, you forgot that uh, the, the, the shiny part of that pitch is uh, none of your wallets are actually on, on the contract. So you guys are unable to. <laughs> not so financial advice, everybody. So this is not financial advice. None of the. None of the speakers uh, up here are part of the space. <laughs> this is uh this oh, we're not telling you to buy any NFTs. None of the speakers are part of Lucas Space, ladies and gentlemen. No. We're just here bullshitting around, not financial advice. It's nothing <laughs> but fun and games. So hey, come up here if you feel that you're being a little bit of lame and you got something to shame, or say we want to hear your opinion and thank you. Hey, Bo uh Bod Bodiza. What's up, my man? Sorry, I can't pronounce your name. Hey, Lucas. It, it's like it's Bodie's eye. Uh, Bodie's eye. What's that, man? Call me Brian. Yeah. Not much, man. Uh, thanks for having the the, uh, the space. And I just want to <laughs> shout out to Keith as well and Mintify the Coast. Uh, just uh, it's a cool conversation. I uh, had the opportunity to uh, burn one with Keith last year um, in uh, New York, NYC. NFT NYC. Nice. Um, so I'm still trying to work on the the. Uh, Burnout with Snoop Dogg, though. Um, but yeah, no, um, great space, great conversation. And uh, yeah, I personally um, find uh, benefits in psychedelics 
um, you know, it's a good refresh to get me um, uh, out of a, you know, a depressive state that I was in. So, you know, like I was. Uh, so it works. But yeah. So it works. Yeah, it works. Hey, we got, we got evidence. Yeah. We got evidence right here, guys. It works. So would it be wrong of me if I do smoke a blunt with Keith to intentionally just like slobber on the end of the blunt? Just like. I have no idea why that so even came nasty. up, bro. Where like he's like, Why like, that every, even like come he up, thinks bro? to himself like I would never smoke with a stranger ever again just to help him from possibly not catching something. Why why couldn't uh, you just like I'm why a couldn't you bro. why couldn't you just each have your own we could, yeah exactly I was gonna say like I would if I was gonna smoke with Keith I wouldn't be like here let me let me slobber on the same cigar you are no I would be like hey man let's like smoke together but separately exactly. at the same time like I wouldn't want to do that exactly. I'm, a, I'm a germaphobe too so okay, I don't know if yeah. I would be able to do that right I'm on the same page with this I so I have a story about that I didn't I stopped drinking out other people's drinks when I was like 18 and I uh, went to college and people were all like oh we're, we're gonna pass this scorpion bowl around and we're just gonna all like drink out of it. there's like 18 people literally 18 people inside this dorm room this tiny little dorm room passing the scorpion bowl around and I'm like yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass. I had my own like Bacardi 151, you know, half a pint in my pocket, which is like, dude, it's like just drinking fire. And uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to pass on the Scorpion Bowl. And come to find out that guy, the first guy who drank had mono. And he gave mono to literally basically everybody <sighs> that, that drank out of that Scorpion Bowl. They all were like sick for like months. Like one girl like slept <laughs> literally... One girl like slept for an entire month, dude, like laid in bed, <laughs> had to like get her food brought to her by friends. And stuff. I don't, I wouldn't really say that's funny. I would just, I felt bad for the people, but I mean, I what it, being a germ, but being a germaphobe, being a germaphobe saved me from that. And it wasn't really a germaphobe. It's just that I actually watched somebody drink out of a drink once when I was 18. And I literally, this dude, this old, like older gentleman, like at a wedding, I think I was at a wedding. And he literally had like, he was eating something at the same time. He was like drinking and he drank out of this drink and it was like clear. So I could see like all these hunks of like food, like flow <laughs> into the glass. I was like, that is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And it like saved me from mono in college. And I never drank out of other people's drink unless I was like, like if I had a girlfriend, you know, obviously if I was already like, you know, making out with them and stuff, I'd be. I would be I'd fine with drinking out of their drinks, but I also like looked, I checked it out. I made sure the way they drank, nothing flowed back in. I would have been like, oh good, it's disgusting. Keith, what about you're you? You're the man? only one I met that's like that, Lucas. I don't like, know about I, that. I think there's a lot. I just don't think people say it. There's often. some closet ones, but have you ever thought about this? My brother brought up a good point. Cause like I like I said, I work in a medical field, the whole family does. Brought up a very good point. When us males, just not speaking for women. Speaking just us males, because we, we suck sometimes. Um, we don't wash our hands before we pee. What? Think about that. Think yeah, about that. You might know. We don't wash our hands before we Maybe you we don't, bro. Jewels. It's possible well, that you no, don't. No, 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 no. Majority of us don't, right? Yeah, so I, I, I wash my hands about, after every experience. Yeah, exactly. But, like, most of us don't think about touching that door handle and everything else, and then all of a sudden you're whipping out the business to do your business, right? And you're touching the jewels with that bacteria. The same. It's no different than not washing your hands when you walk out of there, basically. Yeah. Well, that's that's a little TMI for me, my man. But I appreciate Sorry, it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Let's not. 
we're talking about like mushrooms and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah, being yeah. happy and you know, let's not talk about like touching our junk. It's stuff. kind of depressing when you think about it. It is. Yeah. So Keith, what's what else, man? What's what's the scoop for so you're you're coming back in a couple of weeks. You might be going to NFT NYC. What like what's the what's the hinge that's gonna might like, be. He's definitely going. What's the hinge that's going to make you go to like NFT NYC? I don't really know, honestly. Like every day I've been just like training my ass off, going in the sun, like, I don't know, reading a bunch. I've been in a really good mode here. And I'm like, do I really want to go to NFT NYC and drink and get all fucked up? I mean, kind of sounds like a lot of fun. But... I'll be your DD, Keith. I got you, bro. <laughs> I'm going. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm a married man with a five-year-old kid. And my wife is like, look, you're going there to do business with Soldier Boy. And like, it is what it is. And you're not going to get all rowdy and shit. So like, you need a buddy to kick with? I got you, dog. Like, I'm that guy. Like, straight up, I'm serious. Like, I'm not getting rowdy and all fucked up. Like, I know what you're talking about. And like I, I can't do that. So if you need somebody to chill with, I got you. So Keith, like you were saying, <laughs> keep going, my man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I might just end up going and um, getting it done. And I, I probably show up the second night, the twelfth and thirteenth, just for two days. And I'm not gonna drink though. I'm gonna say I'm allergic, and I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna smoke a lot of weed, which I'm already gonna do either way wherever i'm next and uh, i was actually just texting my friend here in tulum trying to the only thing about mexico it's beautiful tulum's beautiful it's very hard to get cannabis yeah i read that it's like a jungle (laughs) it's like it's like what the hell you'd think it would just be growing here just normal but uh, it's just a little harder to get. It's because the cartels here control like all the drugs and especially weed. So weed is like in a weird thing where like the cartels still control it. But then you can go to like all these pharmacies and buy like any pills and all this garbage, but you can't even get cannabis here. It's really the only thing I don't like about here in Tulum, but everything else is like, oh, it's like a paradise, you know? I got a plug in New York for us, Keith, so we're good on that. Oh, yeah. New York, bro. New York is like so crazy. Last year, I got handed like blunts when I went into parties. Yeah, it's legal people, now, so it's like yeah. it's everywhere. So yeah. yeah, I was like smoking next to cops. Like no one cares. It was crazy. I was like, man, a couple years ago, I was in New York and I was like hard to really get it. And then like, Facts, they ca- bro. Yeah, now it's like you can get it so easily. It's like Amsterdam, New York. Like smoke anywhere. They can't control it because they're like, oh, it's legal now, and then now. Well, you can't smoke on the street. No one's allowed to smoke on the street, but everyone does. And like, what are you going to do? Cops are just like over it. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I like, uh, I like the, I like when they make it legal and I don't know if, is it illegal in Mexico still? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's decriminalized, but it's, um, it's just a different thing here in Mexico with the cartels, you know, cause it's like the cartels and the government and, but then they're kind of like, intertwined a little bit because they're really corrupt so it's kind of trippy but these cops they ride around here in tulum on these like pickup trucks with machine guns and ak-47s and freaking ar i saw that bro that was scary (laughs) i would have been scared for sure yo i like smoke my pen i walk down the street i get super high and just see these guys and they'll like try to talk to me because i think they i'll wear fight shirts and like oh hey what's up amigo you mma 
And then I'm like, oh, what's up, guys? And I'll talk to them a little bit, but I'm like, I'm like too high to talk to these military police. I don't want them to just like randomly be like, all right, amigo, let's check you. What do you have on you? Like, oh, fuck. Um, I got to go, guys. So, you know, yeah. I want to take a picture with them in my Dogecoin shorts and make a really tough face with them all around me. But I don't think it's like, I don't know. So how do I go about? You to could tell, dude. They do. They would be so probably honored for you to do that. I would guess they would be like, "This is awesome." Of course, I'm going to take a picture. I've never seen anyone else like take pictures with the cops like that. I don't know if they're allowed to, you know, because they. What are they going to think? I'm going to say. What am I going to caption the photo? I'm going to say something funny, like, like we believe in Dogecoin or something, and then I'm going to have my Dogecoin shorts, and then they're going to have like these crazy guns. I thought about this morning, so it sounds like some great content. We'll see what happens, but. I think yeah, you can pull it off, man. If there's someone that can pull it off, it's Keith. So, so I think you're right. I'm going to try it. I think it's a highly recommended that you do. And I want to see that, man. I want to see an Instagram and a tweet. I want to see all of it, man. Get in there with the cops, have them like hold their machine guns up. Like you're the boss, put stand right in between like Escobar. Boom. You can come to Colorado and take pictures with all those too. <laughs> KO kid Escobar. What's up, man? Anyway, with that said, dude, let's let's wrap it up. I got I got stuff to do. I'm sure you do too, man. You got to go chill at the beach or, you know, like whatever you're going to do right now, man. I got some work to do and I want to get be out in the sun. Dude, it's 75 degrees here in California today. It's pretty great after it's been raining and crappy out for like months. It's really nice to have like a f- sunny day that I'm actually going to be able to enjoy. So, Keith, it was absolutely my pleasure having you on today, my man. And uh, thanks for the, the people that are in the audience and everybody that came up to speak. You guys rock. I look forward to like hanging out with you, Keith, when you're back. And if you want to convince me to go to New York, man, I might be up for it. If you're going to go to New York, let me know, man. I'll, I will shoot over to New York in like two seconds and just be like, let's go. But I'm not drinking either. I'm not drinking either. No, I'll definitely let you know what's up. And uh, yeah, thank you, Lucas. This was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was cool because sometimes in spaces I don't talk that much, huh? unless people ask me questions and stuff. So this was like a fun little one of one and, and yeah, man, I enjoyed it. I appreciate you. Yeah. Same here, man. I appreciate you. This has been a lot of fun for me too. And we got to keep doing this. Like, you know what I mean? Let's, let's, uh, let's snap back at like maybe next month or something like that and catch up again because, uh, maybe by then we'll have like walk the road of the shrooms with Lucas on the beach. (laughs) We'll see. But anyway, at (laughs) I look forward to it. And like, let's, like I said, let's uh, stay in touch so I can see whether or not I'm going to go to NFT NYC. If you can convince me, I'll go. If not, no big deal. With that said, see you guys tomorrow, 9 a.m. And I'm out.